0: KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM this is Radio Orbit we'll be back in just a few minutes got it. <laughs> All right. It's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. And I I had six minutes to get my act together. That's how long that song is. And uh, I still wasn't able to do it. Anyway, thank you. All right. So my friends, Will and Landis just walked in. It's been completely hectic because for the last 15 minutes, I've been trying to figure out why I can't get the live stream uh, on the Internet to work. But I did just get it worked out uh, in the midst of that six-minute song by my friend Brendan Angelidis. That song is called Rain, and uh, Brendan goes by uh, a stage name, a.k.a. Eskimo, E-S-K-M-O. And you can find out lots about Eskimo uh, on the web at eskmo.com. And you can also find him at my site, mikehagan.com. Just go over there to the music archives, all right? All right, anyway, so uh, here's what's going on. We finally got things up and running, I think, and sort of uh, out of sorts at the beginning of the show here, but trust me, we'll get things together, all right, because all my friends are joining me now on the web, and I can see you there in the chat room, and I'm glad that we got things worked out. And we got friends here in the meat world, and we got friends on the web. We got good music, and uh, here we go. All right, thanks to Debbie, Debbie Johnson. Every Monday... 10 p.m., Free Range Radio Theater. Wonderful radio theater on the web uh, at freerangeradio.com. All right? Debbie does it every week, though, at 10 o'clock, and it's an awesome show. And I love the way that she sets up Radio Orbit every week. So thanks, Debbie. And Kelvin and Jason, jazz plus blues equals soul. That happens for a few hours before Debbie's show. And before that, we have Jeff Wheeler. Well, of course, we have the guys from uh, Tech Radio, too. So Justin... And John, and everybody that helps out with that program, thanks. I love it. And you helped me solve some of my computer woes this evening, as a matter of fact, from information that I gleaned from tech radio. So thanks to you, I see the bit rate just snapping right along over there in the studio. So thanks, guys. Uh, Anyway... Before that, what do we have? Jeff Wheeler, Uncommon Light, from 3 until 5 every Monday. Okay, so Mondays are great on KOPN. I love being a part of it, and I'm pleased that uh, you're listening, if you are. Okay, if you're not, you're stoned, because you're hearing my voice, but you're just not listening. <laughs> anyway, all right, so uh, what else? Eskimo, thank you for getting things going. Rain is the name of that song, as I said. Brendan Angelidis, who, by the way, will be on the line with me in a minute. i got to call him. Uh, but because of the frantic situation that I just went through, I wasn't able to get him on beforehand. But we'll have we'll have Brennan in just a few minutes here. And before that, I want to say a big thank you to Kent Stedman, my friend, who was on the program last week, the Bard from cyberspaceorbit.com. Wonderful stuff, Kent. Thanks as always. Great fun. And uh, Kent will be back on the show in the future, as he always is. In fact, he'll probably have a little cameo tonight as will a number of people. In the meantime, though, check him out on the web at cyberspaceorbit.com. Kent really is a wizard, you know, so check him out, all right? Uh, Last week, we played some music from Kenny Hall. Speaking of wizards, a master mandolin and fiddle player, uh, blind from birth, but, man, the spirit moves through this fellow. Let me tell you, I don't know how old Kenny is now, 80, upper 80s. Maybe he's 90 years old, but he is just outrageous. Uh, So, Kenny Hall... Lots of things he's done in the past, <clears throat> including the Sweet Smell String Band, which are you know canceled band, and people who I've actually had the pleasure and the privilege of playing with uh, in Fresno and in Seattle. Uh, so anyway, wonderful stuff. Last week from Kenny Hall, and you can find all that in my archives. Just uh, get on the web, go to mikehagan.com, and figure out a way to get to the archives and also uh, the music archives. There's the, you know there's the entire program archives that are available you can download the whole three-hour shebang or you can go to the music archives and just sort of sneak around and uh, find information about the artist if you're not interested in what I'm chatting about all right now as I'm uh, talking to you I'm going to try to figure out why Landis can't hear can you hear better now I can only hear out of one oh god it's KOPN you're lucky yeah, if you got one ear that's how I felt. all right no problem and, and you're it will will we'll just all all thumbs and all smiles I hope you brought your camera Oh, man. Ah, yes, okay. Well, anyway. Okay, so uh, what else was I going to say? Who knows, all right? It's a birthday celebration tonight, believe it or not. Uh, Two years on the air, radio orbit. So uh, it was actually like the 25th of July, but we decided to celebrate tonight. And there should be a number of people joining us as the evening rolls along, including people online on the telephone with me. Uh, As I mentioned, Kent will probably join us in a little while, but we'll have Jay Widener on the air from Seattle, and John Major Jenkins from Colorado, and I have a message from Dr. Dennis, our good friend Dennis McKenna, doing wonderful work, of course, at the University of Minnesota, and uh, Dennis, I've got big news, um, you know, we'll break here on the program tonight about about Dennis and what's he, what he's up to, but he's on the way to British Columbia, to Vancouver, big news for him, so anyway, if you're paying attention, and if you're in, someone who's interested in the psychedelic community, man, watch what Dr. Dennis is up to, all right? so anyway uh that's coming up we've got Paul Laviolette, Dr. Paul Laviolette. I had a nice message from Paul from Greece. <laughs> everyone's bailing out of the u s by the way is what that's sort of like the, the the common thread here I'm sitting here in the middle of it. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm doing reporting it for God's sake it's amazing I've been on the air for two years and they haven't thrown me off yet so anyway we'll uh keep doing it as long as uh as long as it's possible. All right, hello to everybody on the web, Bob and Marbles and uh, ZeroFly, my friend, all of you guys that are in the chat room there. It's a pleasure to have finally got this thing working, and uh, it's going to be a fun show. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put on some more music. I wasn't really planning on it, but, well, I was planning on putting on more music. And now my beautiful, lovely wife and my son uh, have just showed up. So come on in the door, please, and and see if it's a good... Uh, reason for me to get some more music going. Oh, Alex, my boy. This one is for him. This song is for my son Alex who just walked in. Come here, buddy. Can you say hi? Are you awake? Yeah. <laughs> you been a good boy with your mama?
1: Yeah.
0: Are you ready for a party? Yeah. Alright. Yeah, we got to make sure it's loud, right, Alex? Hi. All right, I think uh, it's time to say hello to my friend Brendan Angelitas, who we have on the line here from San Francisco. Brendan, I got you. Yes, sir. Hey, brother, what's up?
2: I uh, not too much. I'm doing very well. How are you?
0: I'm good. Hey, you know something? What's that? Ants are small.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what we're listening to, by the way. This song is called "Ants Are Small," but we'll we'll just I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it down just a little bit. And welcome. thanks. Good. All right. So, uh, I think we'll play that entire piece again right before you leave. But anyway, okay. So, Brendan, thanks uh, for joining us. For people who are not familiar, his name is Brendan Angelidis. He's a musician and an artist who now makes his way in San Francisco. And it's a pleasure to be uh, a friend of his. And so, anyway, hi. What's up, man? Not
2: too much. Just uh, enjoying the West Coast thoroughly out here now.
0: I know, it's been what, two two months now in San Fran, or how long have you been out yeah, here?
2: T- uh, yeah, two months, yep.
0: And uh,
3: yeah. what's it's in a the deal? different world out here. Huh? It's a
2: different world. People, it's just, just the whole entire environment, the way everybody interacts and just uh, the nature is blowing me away out here, the amount of just beautiful nature everywhere is astounding. really.
0: And you're in Northern California. Are you, are you right in San Fran, or are you outside of the city?
2: No, I'm right in San Fran, uh, right. right next to uh, Golden Gate Park.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and you got friends, obviously.
2: Yeah, meeting a lot of people very, very quickly. A lot of people, um, there's a lot of really, really talented people out here. So a lot of people are just you know networking. A lot of people working together on different things. So it's been very easy to meet people.
0: All right, so uh, let's talk about your music. You know, I love the down tempo stuff, but and in fact, I think you have some news about that. Is there did you have, you got a CD that's coming out or something? You got signed. Something got signed, didn't it?
2: Yeah, the um, the down tempo stuff got signed. And it's actually, I'm going to be putting that out because I don't want to confuse people um, because I'm already kind of known for my more dancey, like um, harder break stuff.
1: Yeah, um, the house stuff and the break stuff?
2: Yeah, as well. I'm pretty much, for the down tempo, I'm actually going to release it under uh, a different pseudonym to try to kind of separate the, you know,
4: uh-huh. when people
2: that see a uh-huh. certain name on a flyer, they kind of, they might expect a certain sound. So pretty much with the down tempo stuff, I'm going to be going as welded
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, well, that was going to be my next question, so
2: yeah and that's that's pretty much that first album is coming out uh late september or possibly very very early october all
0: right and uh is there a website associated with it man
2: uh yeah it's being released under uh cyberset which is c y b e r s e t d uh-huh. um or just uh info at my site just e s k m o dot com
0: sqmo dot com all right yeah. All right, dude. Look, I wish I had more time, uh, but uh, I'm trying to pack a whole bunch of stuff in tonight. So it was great to get a hold of you, and I'm glad things are going well in San Fran. Uh, you know what it's about. Keep doing it, all right?
2: Oh, thank you, man. Glad things are going well for you, too. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: spread the message. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, man. <laughs> all right. Take care. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Hey. All right, everybody. That's Brendan Angelidis, and uh, we'll kick this back in with Answer Small. and be back in just a minute. It's Mike. you listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN, Columbia, 89.5. FM, and uh, it's a birthday party celebration tonight, Radio Orbit, two years old, and we'll continue along those lines in just a little while. All right, it's Mike. Talk to you soon. Bye. See that? I totally tricked you guys. You thought that I was going to actually, you thought that I was going to play music, but I'm actually playing music, but in the mean, in the background here, my friends are talking. They don't realize I'm on the air. <laughs> See, <laughs> Will knows. Anyway, Michael Kane is with us, and uh, Michael is a friend of mine and a great musician here and about uh, town in this particular region Michael's guitarist singer-songwriter he's been on the show before but anyway we'll, we'll have Michael on and uh, did you bring your guitar Mike?
5: yes, yes sir.
0: Or, a, or a mandolin I
5: brought the guitar
0: alright alright so we'll have some songs uh, from Michael in just a few minutes
5: uh, and uh, it'll be fun
0: Hey everybody, it's Mike, you're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, and it's about 11:27 on the 14th of August, and it's a birthday celebration. we got some friends down here in the studio, and we've got a lot of people that are going to be on the phone with us uh, over the course of the next two and a half hours, Jay Widener, uh, John Major Jenkins. I have a message from Dennis, and uh, we'll get Kent Stedman on the phone sometime between now and then. Michael Heisen, Dr. Michael Heisen, and Star Newland from Hawaii. We'll talk to them about what's the latest at, at the Sirius Institute with dolphin communication and language studies. So anyway, we'll talk to all these people just in the next little while. In the meantime, my son is here and my wife is here and I have friends here. And uh, I'm going to put on some music for a few minutes and we're going to go outside and have birthday cake. And... Uh,
6: I'm trying to have a
0: birthday cake. That's right. So I'm going to load my little playlist here and add that one. This is a new band that's called Evans Blue. I haven't heard them before uh, this week, but my friend Richie from New York sent me a little heads up about Evans Blue. So it's a song from them that's called Cold But I'm Still Here. We'll hear that and then a couple maybe from ISM and uh, then we'll be back. But anyway, happy birthday to us. All right one more time this is new music from a band called Evans Blue Cold But I'm Still Here right, there you have it, a couple from Ism there, that was uh, Monkey Underneath, and before that we heard Beside the Sun, a couple from my favorite, uh, one of my favorite new bands actually, and I've played them a little bit on the show before. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm speaking to my friend Michael Kane, as a matter of fact, uh, over my shoulder here, and we're, uh, yeah, let me get, let's see, that's, uh, uh, as always, Michael, I'm always uh, one step behind, say, again, hi.
5: Hello, good evening, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs)
0: sounds good. All right, good to have you here. (laughs) Uh, for those of you who missed it, Michael was on the program, and we featured his music uh, with Rian Eisler, as a matter of fact, uh, back in uh, May 20th or something like that.
5: Mm-hmm. 12th? Yeah, I don't maybe. Know.
0: Somebody correct me, but anyway, just go to the archives and look for Rian Eisler, and you'll hear uh, some wonderful music from Michael Caine and a little conversation between himself and myself. But anyway, uh, he stopped by tonight, and I appreciate it. Michael,
5: Hi. Hey, hi. Happy birthday. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> All
0: right. So um uh what's the latest in the music scene? The last time I saw you, you were here with Casey, you were here with Joel. The yeah, former members of Caulfield and things were just sort of uh filtering out. Now you 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 got uh more news though, and there's a lot yeah, the, of stuff yeah, I kinda
5: on. I mean just I'm not so uh abreast on what's going on with the Caulfield stuff, but but Casey and I are still kinda playing together. That's, okay. We're gonna uh play a show coming up this thursday at the blue fugue Uh um it's not necessarily a caulfield thing but we're both going to kind of play our own music but we're both going to be even helping each other out he's going to be singing on some of my stuff and playing i'll be playing on some of his stuff so
0: all right cool and and uh lucas is gonna be there Noah earl i think is there thursday night that's gonna be who else
5: um uh neelius ashland which Uh is uh joel the drummer from caulfield and um Who's a great
0: singer songwriter? Oh, yeah. he plays a guitar. Yeah. yeah,
5: and then uh, a guy who's traveling. His name is Tony, I believe, but he goes. Uh, the band goes by the name uh, Real Live Tigers. I think uh, he's just uh. a solo act. On, I'm, I'm not totally sure, but I think he's from Texas, and he'll be there, and so it should be a really fun night, though. All right, well, yeah, cool. Really looking forward. it. All right, it. so
0: that's Thursday at the at the Blue Fugue. Correct. Right down there on 9th Street, everybody, uh, next to uh, the pool hall, <laughs> uh, and just across the alley. Got to be careful. In that alley, by the way. All right, so uh, the phone is ringing here, so that's a good cue for me to say, play, some, some, play, blah, blah, blah. play something for us, Mike.
5: Okay, yeah, I'll play uh, this is a new song I wrote. It's called uh, Rosa. Awesome. All right. Michael
0: Kane, everybody, you listen to it on Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia. Check us out on the web, kopn.org. And uh, from my sh- um, my site, my show always at Mike Hagan, H-A-G-A-N.com. Mm-hmm.
7: wonderful mike new thank song you. huh yeah thank you rosa yes
0: huh, awesome all right as always i love your stuff so thanks uh for sharing it
5: thank you yeah congrats on the show being two years old it's really great it's has been a pleasure coming in here i you know i appreciate you know you inviting me in it's great
0: yeah i'm i'm, I'm glad we got to know one another man mm-hmm. hey uh someone's calling here i'm in, just in case it's for you we'll say hello anybody there Nope. All right. I guess it I think ain't that for that you. was for me. <laughs> Maybe it was for you. Yeah. <laughs> I was just listening to a Smashing Pumpkin song before I got here. It's called I Wish I Was Blank. Sort of reminds me of that particular caller. So,
5: anyway, all right,
0: uh, Michael, you're awesome. Thanks. All right, man? Thank you. Uh, Thursday night at the Blue Few, check out Michael and a whole bunch of other good people. Um, it'll be a good show. And uh, Mike's always out and about and doing great stuff, so I appreciate it.
5: Yeah, have a fun evening tonight with everyone calling in and
0: coming in and. It's great. We'll do it. All right, man. Enjoy yourself. Bye. Wow. I tell you, man. Somebody really trying to get a hold of me here. Who's that? Kenny Bowman, my friend Kenny Bowman. Well, gosh. I mean, it's almost impossible to not answer the phone when Kenny's on on the line. So, back in a minute. It's Mike Hagen. listen to Radio Orbit KOPN Columbia.
1: Thank
8: Never will know what you experience, what you believe to be. And stand up, you all, and repeat after me. I got the seeds, gonna plant some trees.
0: That's right. That's Matt Presty. Music, independent music, as a matter of fact, from St. Louis, not far uh, not far from where I am right now, as a matter of fact. Anyway, Matt Presty, one of the most uh, requested songs from Radio Orbit over the last six months or so. So there it was. It's called Shine. And thanks to Matt for uh, writing it, performing it, and sharing it with us. Okay? All right. It's Mike. you listen to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. It's just about midnight. Almost August 15th. we got a couple more minutes. But um, we've got more fun lined up. Uh, the first hour was a little bit hectic, and things are calming down. My family was here, and now they are on the road back to our home. The birthday cake has been eaten. All right? So now we'll move along. And as I said, tonight we will have some special guests on the air with us. we got Dr. Michael Heisen and Star Newland coming up. In just a few minutes, probably 15 minutes or so, I'll get them online from Hawaii. We'll find out what's happening in the world of dolphins and whales. Uh, After that, uh, Jay Widener, John Major Jenkins, some other people. But let me tell you what's happening, actually, uh, some upcoming guests, and I'll let you know what's happening next week. We didn't didn't even do space weather. Maybe I'll sneak it in sometime uh, a little bit later. But next week, we'll do open lines unless I get uh, a confirmation from Kevin and Matthew Taylor the guys who wrote Land of No Horizon. Really interesting book that I found myself reading over the last few weeks. So um, if you're interested, you know, Google them or something. But Kevin and Matthew Taylor, they'll be on the program sometime in the next few weeks. I'm not sure if it'll be next week or not. If they're not on next week, uh, um, we'll just do an open line show and catch up with uh, the news and talk to some people on the web and otherwise. okay. So the following week is the 28th of August. and uh, John Major Jenkins will be on the program for an entire show. We'll have two hours with John. Always a pleasure. He's been on the program a couple times before uh, in December. and I want to say again in February, of uh, just this of 2005 and 2006, respectively, but he's brilliant, and uh, you can't spend enough time talking to a guy like John. So we'll have him back on the air in two weeks, and we'll spend a couple hours with John Major Jenkins. And the following week, Jay Widener will be with us for the entire program, and uh, that'll be on September the fourth. Now, on the third of September, I'm actually going to do a live uh, a webcast. I'm going to do a special webcast on Sunday the 3rd of September with Jeff Stray and if you're not familiar with Jeff Stray he is an Englishman and his website is called uh, diagnosis2012.uk but anyway he's an associate of Jay Widener's and I wasn't familiar with his work until Jay introduced me but anyway he's a really interesting guy and we'll have a special webcast with him from England on uh, the 3rd of September on Sunday so that's Jeff Stray and you can find information about him uh, upcoming on my website. I'll have a link over to, Je- uh, to Jeff's stuff. But in the meantime, you can check him out yourself. Uh, and it's Jeff, G-E-O-F-F-S-T-R-A-Y. And his website is diagnosis2012.uk. So anyway, lots of fun stuff coming up in September on the 11th. We'll be doing a tribute uh, and a memorial show, of course, for um, the events of September 11, 2001. I'll have Richard K. Moore on the line with me from Ireland, and uh, you know, until I'm satisfied with you know the resolution to 9/11, we'll keep doing this every year, you know, and we'll talk to somebody that has something to say about it. So anyway, Richard K. Moore, of course, uh, the author of Escaping the Matrix, a wonderful new book that's been released recently. And he's been on the show a couple times before as well. So if you're interested in any of this stuff and the history behind it or or past programs, this sort of thing, just hop on the web uh, to MikeHagan, M-I-K-E-H-A-G-A-N.com. And it's very straightforward to get to my archives. And you can listen for yourself uh, to any of these past programs. And you also get the benefit of hearing wonderful music while you're at it. So anyway, Richard K. Moore on uh, 9/11. And by the way, I have a son, another son, who's due on 9/11. I've mentioned it a couple times on the air, but that's um, when my wife is apparently or supposedly going to have another baby. And uh, we found out, you know, a couple months ago that it's a boy. And 9/11 is supposed to be the day. So if he has the gumption, he'll come squirting out into this world on 9/11, and I would welcome him. Nice change of pace. All right, so I don't know what else is happening in September. We have obviously lots of stuff uh, going on, all right? It is uh, five minutes after 12, and it's uh, now the 15th of August. You listen to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. I'm sure that I've shirked my duties uh, with regard to the radio station. So let me look at the log here and see what I'm supposed to tell you about. First of all, KOPN is a wonderful radio station, all right? And... We appreciate and require assistance, and uh, you know, camaraderie, and money, and everything else that good organizations require. So anyway, I you know I fully uh, endorse your endorsement of the radio station. All right, what's happening here? Uh, and that's the unofficial version. The official version is an underwriting thing that I missed. So I'll do it in a few minutes. All right, all right. It's Mike. Uh, you're listening to Radio Orbit. We'll play another piece of music here. And we'll come back. I'll see if I can get uh, Dr. Heisen and Star Newland on the line, and we'll start to say hello to some guests from around the world. Also, we've got more good music from Yachai that was sent to me just earlier today, as a matter of fact. They recorded a really cool thing for me and uh, for the show, and I think that it's a good uh, opportunity to play it right now. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. It's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. And you can find me on the web, as always, at uh, Mike H-A-G-A-N, dot
7: Hey, happy birthday, Radio Orbit, and congratulations to you, Mr. Mike Hagan, on two years of captaining this mothership of Radio Orbit. This is Jeff of Yachai, and just here to wish you all the best. We really thank you for all your support over the last couple of years of Yachai and our music. It's just a great thing that there's someone like you out there in the world showing some other facets of truth that the mainstream media doesn't seem to want to touch. So here's to many, 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 more years of you in Radio Orbit and bigger and better and even more successful things for you. Our Yachay birthday present to you in Radio Orbit is a song off our new or upcoming album, The Insect Sessions 2. This is a track called Growl. So
2: happy birthday.
0: Thanks for sticking around with me. This is Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit. It's KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. We heard uh, a wonderful new song from our friends Jeff and William from Yachai Music. And if uh, it sounded a little bit different than typical, well, it's music that's inspired by the shamans of the highlands of Guatemala. (laughs) So uh, that's where Jeff and William hang out, and they've been fortunate enough to... uh, be students of Don Augustine, one of our elders and a grandfather, and someone who's a a wonderful person with great life experience and many things to teach. So uh, their music is inspired uh, from that part of the world, and it's wonderful stuff, and I thank them for sharing it with me and for wishing us a a happy birthday. Thanks, uh, Jeff and William, both of you. And I want to get William on the air actually to talk about things other than music. I mean, he's very, very knowledgeable about ancient and current Uh, South American history, and uh, a lot of the history that, you know, doesn't get told. So anyway, we'll talk to William one of these days on the air. Anyway, it's Mike, and um, it's the birthday celebration. Speaking of Michaels, I've got another Michael on the line with me, one of our favorite guests, Dr. Michael Heisen on the line from Hawaii, and his co-conspirator, as it were, the wonderful Star Newland. So uh, to both of you, Michael, Star, aloha. Aloha. Wow, a miracle. I got you both.
9: (laughs) In different places this time. (laughs) We always have wonderful stories about how we got to where we are to be on your show.
0: This time you're both on, uh, uh, in different, Michael, you're in Hilo? Uh,
9: More or less, south of Hilo.
0: South of Hilo, and Star, where are you?
9: I'm in Kailua, Kona, just up above town. I am in a wonderful friend's, um, friend's, beautiful place.
0: Yay! I can hear the birds, actually.
10: <laughs> oh, those are the frogs.
0: The frogs, the tree frogs. Oh, yeah, frogs, those Michael?
9: are the Michael's frogs.
10: The yeah, Cokies. they're tree frogs, and uh-huh. it's raining like mad right now.
0: Well, it's funny because they sound like uh, like the frogs at my place, actually. I can hear them there, and most people will confuse them. They think they're birds, including me, even though I've heard the tree frogs before, but they're
10: yeah, definitely. They're frogs. called the Koki frogs, uh-huh. originally from Puerto Rico.
0: How'd they make their way to Hawaii?
10: Um, Big jumps? Possibly Walmart plants.
0: Ah, you know, globalization's getting everyone, even the amphibians. Yep.
10: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so uh anyway, you guys, thanks as always for uh taking the time. Sure. What is it, seven fifteen in Hawaii? As always, I love you guys. Thanks for taking the time out and being on the show.
9: Thanks, Michael. Well happy second anniversary. Yes. Um, it's really wonderful to see how much you've grown and your audience has grown and your format and your venues have expanded and when I see and I hear some of the guests you have on your show and that Michael and I are included in that list, I feel like, wow, I'm really humbled, really humbled to, well, be, um, to be in the same, you know, airways. <laughs> um, well, so I'm, I'm, you, I'm, humbled,
0: I'm humbled by all of you, you know, and the fact that, that, that I'm able to, you know, to converse with you and then share the stuff that you guys have to say. So, uh, so it's great, and I'm glad that it's working for everybody, so...
10: I'm glad you're growing. I'm glad you have a list of some of the most, well, just the finest people I've ever heard of. Very interesting material.
0: Well, you're among them, Michael, for sure. And uh, for people who aren't familiar with Dr. Michael Heisen, just go take a look at his CV. (laughs) Uh, We don't have time uh, to go into it, but trust me. uh, And and Star has her own story, trust me. And and, and if you've listened to the program, you know a lot about them. But uh, both amazing people doing wonderful work. And, um, well... uh, Bring us up to speed. Michael Star, what's the
10: latest? you want to go? Go <laughs>
9: well, first, Michael.
10: All right. Um, well, I guess, uh, actually, on the top of my head right now, we've uh, uh, recently come across uh, a lot of information on UFOs at the ET and World Peace Conference, ET Cultures and World Peace Conference. We met a number of fine speakers and people that are very knowledgeable of all this. um,
0: Now, this is funny, Michael. I'm going to break in for a second because I have have people here in the station with me. And I want to make it really clear for the people who are listening and also the people that are in the room with me, Dr. Michael Heisen is a Ph.D. neurobiologist and a Ph.D. marine biologist and a person who uh, is, uh, Michael, how old are you, 58, 60 years old, something like
2: that?
7: Yes.
0: And uh, he's worked for JPL. He's worked for NASA. He's been in space. He's uh, been in orbit. He knows what a zero-g environment is like. He communicates with dolphins and whales. He's a brilliant, brilliant man. And so, when you hear him say something that might sound silly to people, like UFOs, which is sort of a buzzword that makes people automatically shut down, I right, Pay attention because uh, there might be something to learn. Okay. Anyway, Michael, thank you. Well, on.
10: yes. Well, just to point out, uh, Star has been very knowledgeable in this area for a long time. I was perhaps more skeptical. And just to be calibrated by people like Philip Corso with their high integrity um, on what's going on, it looks like whatever is going on could be very complicated. um, But very vast numbers of sightings and experiences all over the map, all sorts of things going on. But in particular, also, we've been checking out some alternate energy research. And we've run across a reference to a fellow named John Keeley, who had, um, according to reports, uh, levitating devices that were based on sound that were demonstrated for the U.S. military about 1896. In 1896? Yeah. Reports say that his device would go 500 miles an hour and that uh, the public report is that the military had zero interest in his work. Um, We've gotten other stories to the effect that... uh, he was given an offer to um, have as much funding as he wanted as long as he was publicly discredited and his works destroyed apparently we have lost sounds familiar. Uh, we've mm-hmm. lost all but two of seven books that he wrote so just to throw this out as an alternate scenario we might have had spacecraft from about 18, 1898
0: to 1900 well, Tesla, and from on. I, mean, I mean Tesla in the early 1900s was wrote very clearly about it. That was one of his primary objectives. You know, yeah. he was very interested in, in uh, energy distribution, but he was also interested in flying craft.
10: Oh yes, he felt we could broadcast power to them and lift them up. That's right. And he demonstrated he demonstrated a radio-controlled boat at the 1890 Chicago World's Fair, and apparently John Keely was also there. He had this big metal sphere, and he would play a harmonica, and the sphere would spin. <laughs> Things like that.
0: But now, and, and now the reason this interests you of course is because you are a dolphin expert and dolphins we know are very, uh, their, their world is one of sound.
10: Absolutely. And I've just got a dual interest in um, the dolphins and uh, space travel. Why? Why?
0: Why would a dolphin for example be a partner in space travel?
10: Oh, um, it may be just my dream but my thought is that they would make, they're pre-adapted to almost zero G since they live in the water. They're pre-adapted to 3D motion, and I have a feeling they may be the navigators.
0: We also know that they can communicate via radio waves through through their, what is it, It, it's funny, but (laughs) what is it, the physiology is actually called the
10: melon, right? Basically, in in front of the blowhole of the dolphin is about a quart of special oil and lots of other tissue and neurons and so on, and it's called the melon. And it turns out the melon is piezoelectric, which means if you... Vibrate it with sound, it will create um, a varying electromagnetic field. So, essentially, if a dolphin vibrated its own melon at, say, 300 kilohertz, then you'd have a 300 kilohertz radio signal coming off the dolphin.
0: Right, right. And we know, uh, and some of this stuff has been picked up via satellite already,
10: right? Uh, that is rumored. We were told the, by one of our compatriots that he was going to send us a paper that the sperm whales had been picked up by the Vela 9 satellites in orbit. I've yet to see the primary paper, but that's what was reported to us.
0: What's your thought about uh, it, Michael?
10: I think it's quite possible. The sperm whale has a 550-gallon melon, if you will. They call it the spermaceti organ. and It's 550 gallons of piezoelectric fluid. It
0: can generate a pretty reasonably powerful
7: signal.
10: Yes. <laughs> Considering a dolphin can put out about a horsepower worth of sound, the pumping efficiency of 10% would give them about 100 watts of power. <laughs> And now that's for about a quart, so scale that by a factor of about a thousand, <laughs> and that might be what a sperm whale could put out.
0: All right on. All, right, all right. Yeah, sperm whale, again, the largest brain on the planet, right? Yeah.
10: <laughs> so that's part of what's going on. I've just been finding, as I say, that there's a lot to the UFO ET situation and altered in energy that may have been around since 1900, say, just as a round figure. And therefore, at this point, it would be very difficult looking up into the sky. To know whose it was, could be somebody else, could be, could
0: be us,
4: one
10: could of be, ours.
0: Who knows? So forget it, really. I mean, that's actually a great answer. Just don't even sweat it. Yeah. You know the, um, you know I love I love the German philosopher's name was uh, Johann von Goethe, and he he said, and I quote him all the time, but he said, we discover so much because we've forgotten so much.
2: That's for sure.
0: And uh, it's just. Every day now, you know, for me, that becomes more and more profound. So anyway, Star, speak up. Aloha. Aloha.
9: (laughs) Well, you're just a master of understatement tonight, Michael. (laughs) 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 And you've learned well, um, Master Jedi. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right. Enough of the pats on my back. Tell me something that I don't want to hear.
9: Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. That's your third nod, at least since you've been on the phone with us, Michael. Oh. What happened if promised was to do zero right, See,
0: I asked for it. I get it. All right. I zero wanted to do that, so thank you. <laughs> what about you? What have you been up to, Star?
9: Well, I've been um, kind of in semi-seclusion here in Kona. Um, first, I want to give thanks to my wonderful host, Laurie and Jacob Teitelbaum. Uh-huh. He, first of all, is a um, fibromyalgia um expert with numbers of books and stuff like that in his links on Planet Puna. And his wife Lori works with this wonderful technology called N A E T which helps do some kind of like vibrational release of allergies and stuff. And it's like magic. Seriously like magic for people who have some of the like diseases of our society.
0: You were saying that people were cured from their allergies like almost immediately or something?
9: Yes. Um, I don't, I don't well, I'm just starting to read the literature and the work. I've just um, gotten into it a little bit. Just, It's something about repatterning the energetic relationship between the person and the substance or the so-called allergen. And it's possible to just like make it go away like boom. <laughs> um, yeah, it's amazing. So definitely I invite you to interview both of them. <laughs> And um, the founder, too.
0: All right,
9: well, so, we, uh, yeah. So just I send can me here. A note.
0: Send me a note, and I'll,
9: and, I'll, and, I'll, all right, and I'll go. I will. All right, thank you. And um, I can see the sunset from Kona, huh. which is nice because all we get is sunrise over in Pune. So a little balancing is going on now. And then I'm really creating, like, um, the big domestic harmony campaign for this, um, for this year.
0: Well, you've had a tremendous amount of success with, I mean, with the local government and everything now. Tell people a little bit about what's happening there.
9: Well, I'm really excited because, you know what, the local government is a reflection of we the people. So give thanks that we have such a great we the people and the local government to reflect that in these various ways. So, for example, Mayor Harry Kim has offered and provided for us proclamations relating to Domestic Harmony Awareness Month and Domestic Harmony Awareness Day, and um gentle birth month in May and Gentle Birthday um in Mother's Day. We recently just had a proclamation about um Wales well, Great and Small Recognition Day or uh-huh. Appreciation Day uh-huh. and month and all this. So you know, um what's wonderful is that they're responsive and, you know, um we have a good working relationship. This is a really remarkable administration.
0: You know um Elena Tonetti was on the show just a couple months ago, Mm -hmm. and she has great things to say about you guys. You know, and uh, and she's doing really good work herself. You you mentioned the gentle birth thing, and of course I have a baby that's due in three weeks, so I'm you know I'm right there.
9: Exactly, and we are working to extend. We have a gentle birth resolution that we're working now with two people in two other states, Texas. Actually, three people now. My sister-in-law in in New Hampshire. a lady named Janelle Miranda in Missouri, and a young man named Raju in Texas. So together, we're going to present United Front about the importance of gentle gestations and birth as it relates to domestic harmony, and really as it relates to pulling earth back from the brink of what I called earlier today the great wipeout, (laughs) you know, it's like
4: wipeout.
9: But wait a second, we're just going to come in and like swoosh all that energy back and restore the people to their true place in life and their bodies, you know, and their podlets, we call them. Mm-hmm. So I've been seeing things like that and how to restore harmony. And Because um, recently, a few weeks ago, a young man on Maui was brutally attacked and then run over and, and he died from his injuries and he was a punker and he was a drummer in a punk band. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why did this have to happen? And what are we going to do to like really make a difference to like pull our communities, our neighborhoods, our homes back from that edge? Because we've seen a lot more of those edges around here lately, and in the world. So like somewhere we have to like say stop. So I'm working to help stop change. Uh, well, <laughs> <James.
0: laughs> you, you're you're both doing great work, and I appreciate it. And I'm pleased, as I always am, to have a chance to talk to you. i got to cut it a little bit short, Michael, and
9: start. Oh, okay. Uh, I just want to say one thing, though, on behalf of our governor, because I'm going off to a leadership conference for uh-huh. women at the end of the month, and she already, bless her heart, gave us a proclamation for domestic harmony awareness. So with that, thank you, Governor Linda Lingle, and your wonderful leadership. Aloha.
0: All right. Well, look, Michael. Um, yes. Nasim. Nassim Harwine. Uh, what's Nassim up to? I know that he's making progress.
10: I know. That's about all I can say right now. Okay, all right. They're, they are making progress. They're going along very well. Um,
0: and this is re- with regard to Nassim, people who aren't familiar. Nassim Haramayin, a wonderful physicist, an amazing man, who's following along some of these alternative energy ideas and making tremendous progress. He's been on the program before, too. But, you know, Michael, this other guy, uh, Marco Roden. Yes. Uh his mathematics are absolutely outrageous. You know. Yes,
10: they're, they're, everyone agrees there's a very intriguing pattern that he's found. There. No
0: question about it. I'm, I'm sorry, oh, Scott. Sure. Zero question. <laughs> zero question about it. But anyway, uh, lots of interesting stuff on the fringes, as always, Michael. So. Mm-hmm.
10: See, I guess um, just if we actually,
0: got a it's the leading like
9: to... edge, Mike. It's zero the fringes because uh-huh. it gives people the idea, woo woo. But it's the leading edge of the leading wave. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, that's so it. Right. Someone's got
9: to be out there surfing out.
0: All right. Well, let's get on top of the wave and stay on it, all right, you guys? All right. Should Michael. happy
7: birthday for you? Oh, gosh.
0: I don't oh, yeah. think so. Oh,
10: happy Lord. Happy
9: birthday to you. <laughs> happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you. Happy Bye birthday to Michael and Orbit Radio. Happy birthday to <laughs> you. All
0: right, you guys. I love you. Thanks, Star. Thank you, Michael. We
9: love you, too. Happy have birthday, Mike. All Thanks. right, everybody. That's,
0: that's Michael Heisen, Dr. Michael Heisen, and the wonderful Star Newland. You can find information about both of them and the wonderful work they're doing with dolphins and whales and other things, alternative energy, and ET apparently now, too, <laughs> on the web at www.planetpuna.com. Www.planetpuna, All right, it's Mike. Uh, You're listening to Radio Orbit. I'm going to get John Major Jenkins on the phone with me here in a second, and uh, we'll come back with him. We'll have Jay Widener, 15 or 20 after that. We'll probably see if we can get John and Jay on the phone together. Uh, I'm sure they wouldn't mind that, and, and then we'll move from there, okay? So it's 1230 on August 15th, and it's Radio Orbit. Thanks for sticking around with us, and lots of fun stuff to come up. All right, this is a song um, that was inspired by by Marco Roden, by the way. Uh, The band is called Mantuan Bard. And my friend Michael Pacheco out there in the Pacific Northwest and his gang of uh, musicians recognized Marco Roden's work and wrote this song about him. It's called Nidor. And uh, we'll be back in just a minute, okay? Check this out on the web, by the way, at MikeHagan.com. And you can always go uh, to the archives and listen to the entire program or download it, share it with your friends. And the music archives are great too uh, to find information about all this uh, wonderful music and the bands that are making it, okay?
7: Or to it, it is our right, and it has to be taken back from those who want to control (sighs) it.
0: There you have it, Mantuan Bard. The sign is called Nidor. That's uh, in honor of Marco Roden and the wonderful work he's doing in mathematics and uh, extrapolating into energy. He needs support. Check him out, Marco Roden, uh, on the web. Just Google him or find him on my site, okay? All right, uh, it's Mike. you listen to Radio Orbit, KOPN, Columbia, 89.5 FM, on the web at kopn.org, and also uh, at H A G A N H-A-G-A-N.com. And I want to mention that uh, Radio Orbit is uh, sponsored in part tonight by Living Canvas. And I know very little about Living Canvas, and I can't find the card that I'm supposed to read. But I know that it has to do with body art, and I like the idea. So Living Canvas, they're somewhere here in Columbia, and I'm sure they're doing cool stuff with body art. So call KOPN at 573-874-1139, and ask about Living Canvas. And next week... I'll be better prepared to tell you more about them. Okay. All right. In the meantime, uh, it's Mike, and uh, we will move right along. And we have a wonderful friend and guest uh, of the program, John Major Jenkins, on the line with us from his home in Calif- uh, in uh, Colorado, of course. So uh, without further delay, John, hi.
11: Hi, Mike. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really well.
0: Thank you so much for taking a little time out of your, uh, your Monday night. It's uh, what time is it, 1130? 11.45 almost.
11: 11.30, 11.45, the moon's coming up. It's a beautiful Colorado s- summer evening.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's actually a pretty nice night here in Missouri, too. It's been really hot lately, but it's sort of cooled off the last couple of days. So you, you guys are sending us some cooler weather from out west. Nice. Anyway, hey, what's, uh, what's the latest? For people who are regular listeners of the program, they'll know that you've been on the show a couple of times earlier this year and late uh, late in 2005, but uh, six months these days is a long, long time. So, yeah, yeah. So what's happening?
11: Well, it seems like uh, the 2012 discussion is really heating up. There's a lot going on. Of course, that's uh, my topic of research, the Maya calendar end date, December 21st, 2012, and what the intention is behind that, what does it mean, and so on. Um, one thing that I would point out uh, right away is that... Uh, Jeff Stray is an amazing researcher. He's in England, and uh, for many years he's had a website called Diagnosis 2012, which has served as a pavilion for all things 2012. Jeff would gather visions, novels, research, and uh, bring it all together on his website and provide links and so on.
0: And it's just like a clearinghouse of, of sorts.
11: A clearinghouse and. Last year, Jeff published a book called Beyond 2012, and uh, that was quite, quite a, a, an achievement and a contribution to the evolving discussion. And Jeff just recently, he started a Yahoo email group, a discussion group. Uh, it, people can go on to the Yahoo groups, and uh, the, it's called tw- uh, 2012 News, 2012 News. And this group just got launched just a few days ago, and already there's a lot of <clears throat> um, deep, intense, interesting, intriguing discussions going on in that group. So people should uh, should go there, and I believe you know you can join for free. You can view the messages uh, and the exchanges that are happening for free as well. So that could be a, a pretty good way to uh, dive into the 2012 discussions.
0: You know. Um uh, John, Jeff's going to be on the show on, on September 3rd. Uh, oh, great. Jeff's great. Yeah, I'm going to do a show with him on Sunday, September 3rd. And then Jay will... Well, of course, you're going to be on the program on the 28th. Uh, I mentioned it earlier in the program, but John will be on the show two weeks from now, and we'll do a whole show together, you and me. And then I'm going to talk to Jeff on the 3rd of, of September, and then Jay will be on the 4th, on the Monday. So so we'll we'll try to get as much of it as we can in a few weeks there.
4: Wonderful, wonderful.
0: You know, and... um. If we can, when, when I get Jay on the line here in, a, in in a few minutes, and like I said off the air, we'll, perhaps we'll all talk together. But I spoke with Dennis uh, McKenna today for, uh-huh. for quite a while. Actually, uh, he he wasn't able to do anything with us on the air tonight. Uh, but gosh, a lot happening in his world too, and you know the connections there are really really becoming more and more apparent, John.
11: Sounds amazing. I'd like to hear more about that. Yeah,
0: we'll we'll, we'll talk about it in in, in a few minutes uh, after we get Jay on the line. Because I wanted I'm, I told Dennis that uh, that I'd share it with him as well. So
7: great, great.
0: Anyway, what's uh, what else? So you've got yeah. So so there's a lot of conversation about 2012. You have been busy. I know there's a new documentary that uh, that you were involved in, with involved in with a whole bunch of other people, including Jeff Stray and Jay and some other people. A whole bunch.
11: Well, of course, that's the documentary that Jay. And uh, Sharon have uh, produced uh, the 2012, uh, 2012 The Odyssey, the 2012 Odyssey. And of course, Jay, I'm sure, will be able to fill us in on that. Yeah, uh, Jeff Stray's involved in that, Gene uh, Houston, Jose
0: Arguez, uh, great, great. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and Jose, man, how cool is a Jose? The whole list. Yeah, it's, right.
11: just, it's, it's amazing. They've yeah. really brought together a, a lot of people talking about 2012 from from many different. Perspectives. One thing that's going on, too, that uh, I think it's interesting to point out because it, it really sets into relief uh, the importance of what Jay and Sharon have done with this documentary. Um, they've really raised the bar on the discussion. 2012 is a very uh, interesting and amazing topic worthy of very deep contemplation and investigation. Unfortunately, uh, as I found out in working with a mainstream media outlet such as the History Channel, uh, I, I was involved in uh, the uh, the writing of, to some degree, I was consulted on some of the content for this. Uh, History Channel documentary on 2012 called uh, The Doomsday Prophecy. Hmm. Now, one has to understand that when I was approached with this project a year ago, it was not going to be called The Doomsday Prophecy. Actually, it was presented to me as something that would be, you know, presenting uh, a 50 50 split more or less between, you know, the typical predictable sort of media doomsday thing. Uh, which is understandable, I guess, for a mass media thing, but they said it was going to be tempered by bringing in the, the hardcore research that I put on the table, which basically looks at the core documents of the Maya creation mythology, which do not say doomsday, they say, uh, transformation and renewal. Uh, and the Maya creation mythology, we've already moved through four world ages. At the end of each one, we, humanity goes through a period of, uh, transformation uh always transforming into uh something new for the next world age so uh what happened with the history channel thing people can go to my website to read the uh review of it um, uh this this documentary aired August 3rd and it's uh it's been playing repeatedly and I guess it will for several months a big budget thing and unfortunately they just went for the jugular with the uh the you know the media mandate if it bleeds it leads and the whole thing is uh pretty much uh, sensationalized and focused on doomsday which i think has just really done a great disservice to the whole 2012 discussion you know it really lowered the bar but luckily what we have to uh you know counterweight this is the manifestation of uh, the 2012 odyssey uh, which which is really uh, showing how uh, a documentary can and should be done on 2012.
0: Yeah, it's a wonderful thing, and I have I've had the opportunity to view it a couple times. I'm actually going to write a little piece about it. I think the number of people coming from so many different angles, you right. know what I mean, uh, and looking at this particular phenomenon is really amazing because it sort of it sort of carries more weight after you after you hear it coming from so many different perspectives, you know? Oh,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: And, of course, yours is is, is, is as scientific as it comes. You know, uh, the uh, for people that aren't familiar, uh, this is an astronomical ph- phenomenon that is going to take place above our heads, and it's measurable, and the Navy astronomical calendar shows it just as well as your mind does, John.
11: Well, I think it points the way to uh, a profound metaphysics which is really nothing more than an ancient perennial philosophy that's been obscured and eclipsed and buried beneath the uh, uh, the values of Western science and western materialism so it's it, it is amazing that we have so many different perspectives that are like different facets of of a jewel um, and you know my my whole approach has been to um, look at the site that invented the 2012 calendar because that that site is called Izapa, and there are profound carvings and uh, sym- symbology that refers to the astronomical alignment but there's also um, mythological characters that are playing out their lessons and their spiritual teachings and in fact on the monuments of Izapa, there is a prophecy for the end of the cycle and there's also a spiritual teaching but there's also these uh, uh, connections between mythology and astronomy that uh, encode this rare astronomical alignment that culminates in 2012. So I think it's amazing that we can actually anchor the prophecy to an empirical event oh. in the universe.
0: Yeah, it really is something else. So, Alright, look John, uh, do me a favor, hang on, and I'm going to put on a piece of music here, and I'm going to get Jay on the line, and then uh, we'll... we'll chat a little bit more, okay?
11: Okay, great. All right,
0: hang on just a second. Everybody, That's John Major Jenkins. John, give out your website real fast.
11: HTTP slash alignment2012.com
0: alignment2012.com and, of course, John, the amazing author of uh, seven, eight, nine, how many books now, ten books, something like that.
11: Oh, something like that, yeah.
0: But certain, certainly uh, Maya Cosmogenesis 2012, one that just struck me, almost 10 years ago now and uh, continues to have a tremendous impact in the scientific community and in the esoteric world as well. So anyway, back in just a minute with John Major Jenkins. And in the meantime, here's a little music from the Wimshurst machine, independent music from Italy, and uh, uh, Augusto, my friend, here you go. This is, so, uh, this is a song called Seven Lost Cities. Thank you. All right, the Wimshurst Machine, Augusto, Charlet, and company from down there in uh, Italy, as a matter of fact, making wonderful independent music and sharing it with everybody here on Radio Orbit. And as always on the web at MikeHagan.com and just click over to the music archives and you can uh, get some of that stuff for yourself. All right, uh, it is 12.51 now, the 15th of August, we have uh, with us on the line John Major Jenkins. John was, was, was with us before the break, but now we've added uh, Mr. Jay Widener to the mix. So without any more delay,
7: hello, Jay. Hey, how you doing, Mike? Happy birthday. Hey, thanks, man. How's it going? Going, going good. Going really good. John, we got you, too. Hey, Jay. Hey, John. See, You got your phone fixed? I got my phone fixed, yes.
0: And, Jay, I'm going to have to ask you to nestle up next to that phone a little bit tighter, I think.
7: Right.
0: All right, that's better. Okay, so, um, Jay, first of all, thanks for uh, spending the time. You're out in Seattle. It's a couple hours earlier than here, but late on a Monday night. So thank you for coming and spending a few minutes with us. you got a lot going on in your world, and uh, John's uh, world is intersecting with that one. So I thought it was good to have you guys on together for a few minutes.
7: Sure. Yeah. A lot's going on right now.
0: The uh, DVD, of course, the documentary, 2012 The Odyssey, has been released I have a copy of it myself and um, what's the latest with that
7: well it hasn't been technically released a few ah, people yeah. apparently did get copies like you but uh, we're, we're doing one more re-edit and uh, should be done this week uh, the world premiere is going to be uh, in uh, in the Seattle area this coming Sunday night uh, we're showing it to a couple hundred people here to get their what they uh, want to hear, what they have to say about it, and, uh, and we're going to be sending them out to a lot of other people uh, over the course of the next week or two. Um, Hollywood uh, actress Ellen Burstyn, who's won an Academy Award, she saw it and said that it was one of the most important films in the last decade. Wow. So we're getting a lot of people who are seeing it and uh, are commenting on it right now and uh, listening to what they have to say and, and re-editing it a little bit. and uh, It will all be done within a week or so. All right. Well, it,
0: from what I've seen, and I, I, of course I don't have the finished uh, cut, but it's wonderful, and I want to uh, congratulate Sharon as well. Sharon Rose, uh, your partner in this whole uh, project, she's done uh, amazing work, and uh, uh, both of you deserve congratulations. So.
7: Yeah, thanks. She did do a great job.
0: All right. Well, um, John plays a pretty major part in the in the film too. I thought he was wonderful in it, and and this whole Mayan connection to 2012 is uh, of course one of the backbones to it, but it's not the only one.
7: No, uh, John is of course I, I, in my point of view he's the centerpiece of the of the film because of his amazing research, and then we kind of bring along a cadre of people to support John, like uh, Jeff Stray and mm. Greg Braden and a few others. And then we branch out after John, and uh, John. the first third of the film or so is, is spent with John in the Mayan calendar. Then we branch out to show the Cross of Henday and mm. the Incan prophecies. And we end the film, of course, interviewing the Incan elders who uh, uh, completely confirm the Mayan prophecy in a completely different uh, culture and I think that uh, the juxtaposition of, of these all these points of view is is really brought together in the film in a way that has never really been done before. I think the power of film is that it can do these kinds of things and I think this is one of those rare occurrences when it actually did happen.
0: All right. Well, I can't wait uh, for the reaction and I can't wait for more people to see it.
7: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, um, I know uh of course at the end of the film uh right at least the version that I have it's uh there's a dedication to Terence. Yes there is. Terence McKenna, uh, a friend of all of ours.
7: Uh yes he was.
0: Uh and I mean that in the full sense of all of ours. <laughs> uh Terence was and his work in in such a strange way coincided with yours John.
11: Oh yeah, Terence was a great inspiration for me and he did write the introduction to my book, Maya Cosmogenesis 2012. That's
0: right. Yeah, he, and uh, of course, him and his brother Dennis wrote Invisible Landscape back in 1972 or 74 or something like that.
11: Yeah, that really broke the case with. It uh,
0: really did. I
11: think it was really the first place in print um, that uh, somebody had mentioned uh, the galactic center and uh, this uh, alignment that's taking place.
0: Yeah, and now the amazing thing. At least for me, uh, about this whole thing is that the the, the connecting thread is the mushroom, mm. is psilocybin, and now we have this amazing study that came out of Johns Hopkins, you know, a, a month ago, and I I know you guys are familiar with it, and uh, it's big big news. But I I'd like to hear what your take is, John. You first. Well, uh,
11: I, I find that that's uh, I mean for those who have. Been initiated, for lack of a better term, uh, it's not that surprising. Um, I was just listening to Terence's uh, conference tapes from. They're called The "History Ends in Green." Yeah, "History Ends Wonderful. in Green." Wonderful, five, Parabola. five or six tapes, and
4: yeah.
11: it actually was recorded in 1990. And it was in that uh, discussion that Terence had brought up the weird, co- the weird uh, uh, fact. When he was talking about 2012, he pointed out that, you know, it seems to be to him that the only thing that he had in common with the Maya, who created this 2012 calendar, is an affiliation with the mushroom.
0: Right. That he had that he had eaten the same yeah. Stropharia cubensis that they had eaten.
11: Could it be that this eschatological date and all it means, and in the full archetypal sense, is somehow encoded into the? into the mushroom, those are interesting things to contemplate.
0: Yeah, because the question arises, you know, what was inspiring the Mayan shaman, the shamans, you know, and and by shamans I include women, you know, the men and the women shamans. What inspired them? It turns out that they were, I mean, we we see the petroglyphs and mushroom cult type imagery all over there.
11: Well, yeah, it certainly seems that the site of Izapa, that invented the calendar also has ritual mushroom stones all over the place. I think that uh, it is a sacred plant, a tool of consciousness that can open up the mind to perceive what is not so obvious when the consciousness is limited. But when the consciousness is opened up, the connections between the galaxy and, and things going on here on Earth are sort of just plain to see.
0: Well I'll tell you what I mean that 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 study from from Johns Hopkins is you know in the in the news business they talk about a story having legs mm. this thing is still running It's running around the planet i I look every day I go to Google and I put in psilocybin and then I click on the news link right
11: well for me it, it, it at the very least it seems to provide a a, a, a pretext for getting psilocybin out of Schedule One category. Right. you know it, it has a use, and so it can't be in Schedule One
2: anymore.
0: All right. Well, check this out. Okay, so I spoke with uh, with Dennis uh, this afternoon. As a matter of fact, Jay, are you still there? I am. I spoke with Dennis, uh, Doctor Dennis McKenna. For those of you who aren't familiar, uh, he's a plant biologist and a neurochemist uh, of great renown and a shaman of the highest order himself, and uh, a friend. I'm privileged to say, uh, of mine and, and, uh, you know, his family is amazing. And his brother was someone who is very important and close to all of us. And, uh, I thank him and them, all of them. But anyway, what they've been through, you know, you guys, I mean, what Dennis has been through and what Terrence went through anyway, uh, listen to this. So Dennis is moving to, he's moving out your way, Jay. He's moving to, uh, Vancouver. Oh, good. Yeah, and um he took a job with the British Columbia Institute of Technology. And it's a great gig for him I guess and he's still gonna be able to do obviously the work uh you know, that he's so good at doing. But listen to this. He he uh he tipped me off and he sent me a little note uh about a friend of his who's actually the drug policy honcho in Vancouver. And there's an article that came out uh on the eighth I take it back on the ninth of August and the headline says, psychedelics could treat addiction, says Vancouver official. Anyway, this guy's name is Donald McPherson, and he's the drug policy coordinator for the entire city of Vancouver, and he's very clear uh, that he's no longer going to you know, just uh, close his eyes to, you know, to science, I guess, now that's finally validating. Well, it's always validated, and, and even science doesn't even come close to actually explaining what's happening with the psychedelics. But the bottom line, it gives him an excuse to say it's okay.
7: Well, Vancouver's on the uh, verge of becoming the Amsterdam of North America, so this doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I know the Bush administration's been pressuring the B.C. uh, uh, authorities to crack down on on these things, and and, and and British Columbia is absolutely refusing.
0: Yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean, this article, and I'll put it up on the site, but uh, this guy speaks very, very clearly and strongly uh, about what's happening here. He says... uh, A lot of things, including, uh, he says, Our report is certainly pushing the envelope, but these drugs could have profound therapeutic and spiritual benefits, McPherson told the tie, We think that demonizing these psychedelic drugs is totally bizarre, and their benefits need to be explored. I mean, this is the guy who's running the drug policy in, in Western Canada, basically, right?
11: That's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. So anyway, so Dennis... Uh, is quoted in this article as well, and uh, obviously he's in communication <laughs> with uh, with this gentleman. And as uh, as Dennis likes to say, well, the medicine must be working. <laughs> so anyway, that's the that, that's the latest. And of course, Dennis is uh, still doing his work with Hefter. And Dave Nichols was the guy who synthesized the psilocybin for the Johns Hopkins experiment. They did that at Hefter. So you know, Dennis is subtle, but he's in the middle of all this. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I thought you guys would be interested in that, and so that's what Dennis has to say. And for all the people who are listening as well, Dennis sends his best, and he's uh, hoping to make a, a nice, safe, and uh, successful move out there to the Pacific Northwest, to British Columbia, and he'll be back on the program sometime in the next couple months for sure. But uh, he sends his best to both of you guys as well, and Jay, he, he would love to see uh, a copy of the uh, of the documentary when it's when it's completed i'm sure well, this
7: is also interesting because i've been spending the last week of course adding a little tiny bit of terence from a, from a, a talk that he gave that i produced uh, called eros and the eschaton eros and, and the eschaton yeah so it's kind of this whole thing is uh, filled with irony and coincidence believe me and uh, terence is the is really the father of this whole thing and i wouldn't be have done the research that I did into the cross of if it Hadn't been for Terence, so I have nothing but accolades for him and his brother.
0: Well, it's great, and I'm and I, I think that it's very uh, apropos that uh, that you dedicated the film to him. And I can't wait to see the uh, see the final cut because uh, yeah, you know. I'll
7: be sending it out to you over, within a week or so. All right, and we'll, we'll get yours again for the <laughs> third one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, uh, let's see. i got to
0: do my top of the hour, even though I'm a few minutes late. KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. You're listening to Radio Orbit. My name is Mike Hagan, and on the line with me I have my good friends Jay Widener and John Major Jenkins, and uh, both in the middle of this whole 2012 uh, discussion. Well, it's an interesting... Hey, you know what? Uh, I got a note from Paul LaViolette, too. I told you it was the birthday thing. I was going to get in touch with everybody that I could that was sort of you know, involved in this whole 2012 thing. You know everyone's leaving the country. You guys, <laughs> Paul. Paul's in Greece. Hold on, I got a quote here from him because, of course, I can't. I'm not going to say Paul Laviolette's words without quoting. You know what I mean? Listen to this, Mike. Nothing new to report other than my book Genesis of the Cosmos was published in Greek last month, and I will be here promoting it. Also, Earth Under Fire will be coming out in Italian next month. And this past week, I was contacted by a professor at the University of Sarajevo who has experience in statistically analyzing time series to determine if they, cont- if they contain particular periods. He agreed to take a look at the Vostok-Beryllium-10 data and look for periods, so I will be sending him the data. This will be a good check on my rough estimate of the recurrence period from major superwaves, as indicated by the Beryllium-10 peaks. Uh, we'll see what comes of it. Anyway, Paul says hello, and uh, that's what he's up to. But... Uh, for the people, again, who are not familiar with Paul Laviolette's work, and this is, talk about synchronicity, you guys, the beryllium-10 data that he's talking about, he did all the work here in Columbia, Missouri, at our reactor here at the university. Huh. They had to do the, you know, there are only certain places around, you know, that that you can do carbon dating and this sort of thing. So, anyway, the work that he did for his Ph.D. thesis that was on these galactic superwaves uh, was done uh, at the at the reactor here at the University of Missouri.
11: Looking at ice core data?
0: Yeah, I looked at the ice core data from Antarctica, and they look for peaks in beryllium. And when they find a, pe- a peak in... See, beryllium is apparently an element that is very rare, you know, typically, but during times of galactic core outbursts, the wave that proceeds from the center of the galaxy out through uh, the rest of the galactic space contains a much higher level of beryllium. Beryllium ten, as a matter of fact.
7: Yeah, deep space element. Right, and
0: and so they look for this in the ice core, and so Paul has been able to, again, this is another corroboration of the of something because uh, apparently every thirteen thousand years or so, they find a peak in the beryllium in the ice core uh, data. So anyway, he's trying to get this uh, verified again um, by another scientist who's doing work in in Sarajevo, but but Paul's work is amazing, and it and it and it really somehow. I don't know. More on the creepy side of things, you know, uh, seems to be a potential uh, player in this whole game too.
7: Well, it it is it is strange because the 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 thing that's so vexing about uh, Paul's work is that these um, these high counts of beryllium in in the ice cores appear to be happening at, at half and full phase with the procession of the equinox right,
9: right, right.
7: and while that in itself is a striking coincidence and one that John and I have talked over many times also, uh, what's weird about it is is why the, the procession of the equinoxes is only, uh, the only locus for this is the earth. Mm-hmm. So why is something that is peculiar to the earth itself uh, somehow able to have some kind of strange coincidental effect on uh, on these uh, uh, high incidence of iridium and rhodium mm-hmm. and beryllium coming in, and it's truly uh, strange and odd. And it's almost as if the um, the way that the Earth is angled appears to let in more of these deep space elements than you know at other times when the angle is off. I mean I can't come up with any other explanation than that at the moment. But I've asked Paul and he's not and not gotten back to me as to how it can be that, you know, the precession of the equinoxes has a strange coincidental factor with these uh, galactic core outbursts. It's all very odd and strange. <laughs> another
11: yes. Another strange factor with that too to consider is that uh, the precession cycle is um you know, it's estimated to be between 24,000 and 26,000 years. Um, there seems to be variations in it, and we we just really don't know for sure. But Earth and our solar system is, uh, I think, the current estimate is uh, 25,000 light years from the galactic center.
0: That's an interesting figure. So yeah. there's
11: an interesting link between between those two things, and. I think what all these weird coincidences from different uh, disciplines point to is possibly. I think we're sort of analogous to the Copernican Revolution. I think back to that time when, uh, you know, of course Copernicus was really just resurrecting things, some things that certain Greek astronomers knew about in mm-hmm. terms of the heliocentric model. But mm-hmm. for for the you know that that period of time, the 16th century his idea was revolutionary and people criticized it because it implied that the earth would have to spin on its axis and people you know said impossible you know we would all go flying off into space but clearly there was a higher perspective that it would allow for this uh, new model of the universe to be understood and I think we're sort of uh, somewhere Along on the same line, there you know, there's something that we're trying to wrap our brains around, but it requires a uh, revisioning a lot of things and dispensing with certain scientific biases and assumptions, and uh, and uh, really taking a look. And you know, I I think that uh, as usual, a lot of these advances are being made by uh, independent uh, independent thinkers too. Uh, no
7: question. I agree with that. I I, I the the number of coincidences. That have to do with, you know, the length of time in light years between the center of the galaxy, coupled with the exact uh, years of the precession, coupled with Paul of uh, uh, uh outbursts that are coming at the same exact time. And the fact that this is all Earth centric, um, you know, uh, Mars and Pluto and Neptune, they don't have the same precession at the equinox. Right, years. right. This it's completely. Earth-centric and kind of makes the hairs on your neck stand up on end because you begin wondering if maybe the Earth isn't somehow the center of the universe and that its clock is driving some kind of factor or some kind of factors that we we can't yet quite clear out of the mist. Hmm. It's like there's some kind of uh, ultra or meta-dimensional effect going on and we're just seeing the shadow forms of it and thinking that it's a coincidence. You know, coincidence is what you have left over when all your theories fail.
0: That's right. I think it was guy. His name is P. W. Bridgman. He was a yes. science philosopher, or whatever. Yeah.
7: Yeah, and I think that's really true. It's
3: totally that, true.
7: And yeah, and you know, also there's another fact is that um, the average human being lives about uh, twenty six thousand days, which is a strange, weird coincidence. You know, and with the twenty six thousand. Year procession, the 260 Mm. sacred number of the of the Mayas, and uh, uh, the fact that in the Kabbalah 26 is considered the 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 number of God. So we have like this weird 26 thing, or 26, 260, 26,000, 26,000 years, and it's weird how it works its way into all these things. And I really think we are seeing some kind of shadow form, and we just Quite, can't quite figure out what it's
0: telling. Right, it's still just over the, the horizon.
7: Yeah.
0: What, uh, Jay? Can I ask your your uh, what what you thought of working with uh, Jose Arguez?
7: Well, I really, really like Jose. Um, I think that um, I think that Jose is a uh, uh, is a genius, uh, but he's he's less of a scientific genius and more like an artistic genius. Hmm and I think that, that so he, he tends to rub some of the science people the wrong way. But uh, I think his uh, aesthetic is so uh, uh, clear that uh, he really does have a firm gross, uh, grasp on what's, what's about to happen, and he seems to have uh, a poetic understanding uh, of the Mayans and of mm. time, and uh so you know I think he's I think he's a really great guy. I think he's like the grandfather of this whole. Movement. Mm. we owe him a lot, and unfortunately he's moving to New Zealand, So <laughs> like Paul, everybody's living in the united right,
0: States right right uh, well his I, I really wasn't real familiar with a lot of his earlier work, but I read Time in the Technosphere, and that was one that was another one that really hit me and i and then I went backwards and looked at more of his earlier material, but that one was profound for sure
7: yeah time in the technosphere i think is his greatest book um, i'm reading some of his newer stuff that he's putting out now the cosmic science series which is nine <laughs> volumes long and it's going to no, yeah seven volumes long right he in 2005 and there's a new one coming out every year until 2012 oh my gosh which he's unloading the entire cosmic program <laughs> but he's really re- kind of going back into kind of the of a yoga based um, oh archaic revival type of uh, a program that he's, he's he's propagating and I think that it's it's really very interesting what like what he's got going on and uh, he has a lot of influence he's really more of a sorcerer or, mm. a, or a magician mm-hmm. and uh, there's a place for him at the table with all sure. it, you know and I don't think he's the um, the scholarly scientific intellectual that Jenkins is but I think that he definitely has a uh, point of view that is extremely unusual and what's weird is it gets brighter every year. Hmm. Well,
0: I tell you, you, you did a wonderful job of bringing a lot of uh, these different perspectives and, and angles all to the table uh, at the same time uh, with your new documentary. So, as I said earlier, I commend you on it. it's awesome and uh, I look forward to hearing more about it and, and I can't wait for more people to see it. So.
4: Yeah, well, it was a pleasure.
0: Alright, well look, uh, both of you I'm going to say goodbye because we're going to do full radio shows with both of you in just the next few weeks here. And, and Jay, I'm not sure. uh, John and I were talking before you got on the air, but uh, the 28th, John will be on the show, and then Jeff Stray will be on on September 3rd, and then you on the 4th. That's right. So we'll have uh, a one, two, three punch of uh, 2012 and let people uh, sort that out as they will.
7: The more the merrier.
0: All right. Well, cool. All right. uh, Thanks to both of you, okay?
7: Okay. Yeah, we'll Great. T- Thanks, Mike.
0: We'll talk okay. soon. And uh, everybody on the web, uh, Jay Widener, jayweidne com, And, of course, uh, John Jenkins at uh, alignment2012.com. And you can always link to both Jay and John's sites from mikehagan.com. And I'll also put up this information on the forum uh, from Dennis, Okay. All right, so it's Mike, you listen to Radio Orbit. It's about 1.15, 1.17 in the a.m. on August 15th, 2006. Radio Orbit is two years old. Mike Hagan is 42 years old. And uh, this is a song by Sun Kill Moon called The Never-Ending Math Equation. I'll be back in just a minute. It's Mike, you listen to Radio Orbit.
6: So I, really care, I, really oh, pain. I can see the tiny eyes below. and oh my God, they lost so alone, I, really care, I really Oh my God, I gotta, gotta, got got
0: Good stuff, Mark Kozalek and Company. Sun, Kill, Moon. That song is called the Never Ending Math Equation. Another one from Marco Roden, I guess. So, anyway, it's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit. It's about 20 after one on August 15th, and uh, the hits just keep on coming. This is one is sort of deja vu because Kent was with <laughs> Kent was with us just a week ago. Uh, but uh, you can never have too much of the good old bard. So, hello, man.
3: Oh, happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you. Was that mine? My... That last piece. What's that? Was that last piece alive?
0: No, unfortunately, that wasn't live, but it's good stuff, man. It's a guy, his name is Mark Kozilek, and he, uh, he incarnates in lots of different versions. This one is called Sun, Kill, Moon, but, man, he's a great singer, songwriter, and a good guitarist, too.
3: I used to be able to sing like that once. (laughs)
0: <laughs> a, friend of mine, a friend of mine heard him and, and called the show uh, a few weeks ago when I was playing a bunch of their music and said, "That's what Neil Young always wanted to sound like." <laughs> and I love Neil Young, but uh, but I like uh, I like this band too. So anyway, hey Bartle, thanks for uh, sticking around. I just had Jay Widener and and John Major Jenkins on with me. Uh, unfortunately, I only have two phone lines here in the studio. Otherwise, I'd have had you on with them. You know, Jay's right up there in your neck of the woods uh, in Seattle. And he's doing amazing work, and and uh, I was telling them uh, that Dennis is moving up there, McKenna. He's moving to Vancouver.
3: Ah, party time!
0: No doubt. So next time I come up to Seattle,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll get me and you and Jay and Dennis and have ourselves a good old time. We'll shake the whole friggin' world, man.
3: Oh, we got round up all these. We gotta round up all these, <laughs> up all these uh, wizards and get them working on my new project. What's the new project? Well, it's your birthday, and uh you know, all the philosophy and speculation and sleuthing that we do, Sure. it's all about birth, life, and, you know, hitting the wall.
0: <laughs> yeah, the other side of it, death, man.
3: And uh, birth, well, yeah, my grandson's birthday is on September 1st, so we know about birth. I was there. Don't know what happened before birth.
0: He'll be a year old, man. Yeah. That went fast, huh? Oh,
3: man. He's a... Little uh, NFL halfback now. <laughs> 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 He's got that crawling stance. He's starting to stand up, and he'll stand there till he thinks about it, and then he goes, "Uh oh!" Falls over. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Then we like got birth, song. and then we got life, which is full of change, and then we got hit in the wall. A good friend of mine hit the wall today. You yeah. get my age, and that starts happening all around. Now.
0: Well, I haven't mentioned it, but but we need to.
3: Well. uh, There was a a wake for a very positive wake. Lots of music, lots of toe tamping for Charlie Plyler, who another wizard. Charlie. Who uh, was was the founder of Alfred, working these ex uh, Navy electronic intel.
0: Yeah, communications
3: guy. And he had some really hot stuff going. And Charlie and I have uh, we've uh, plotted various schemes over the years. But uh, it's real interesting, you know. Charlie, he has a radio, he has a receiver, but his antenna have always gone down in the ground.
0: Right. He's interested in this, uh, as you mentioned, ELF. This what they call extremely low frequencies. So these big, giant longitudinal waves.
3: And the thing is, the Earth is an extremely sensitive receiver of these frequencies. Right. So he- sensitive that Charlie and I used. To do stuff like uh, an asteroid would be coming in, a near Earth object, and we'd he'd set up his uh, he'd set up his monitors, and we'd watch it go by because it would make a signature, and the Earth would react. And uh, anything that goes on in the Earth, Charlie pretty much knew about. If somebody uh, falls on their nose somewhere in Afghanistan, he'll know about it.
0: It's amazing, you know. Uh- A little bit earlier in the show, I was talking to Dr. Heisen, you know, the dolphin whale. Right. uh, And of course, the, you know, we know that the whales can communicate basically through the same methodology, Kent. They they, uh, transmit these extremely low frequency waves, and sperm whales can communicate globally. I mean, from the Pacific to the Indian Ocean and anywhere in between
3: we were kids, we used to go lay down and put our ears on the railroad track, <laughs> and you can hear a train coming
0: <laughs>
4: yeah. many,
3: many miles away. Mm-hmm. If you don't fall asleep, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and we used to put pennies on the tracks, you know, and they'd, the big train would come and just squash your penny, in. and I always thought that was really cool, and I was always like, well, man, you better get your finger out of the way.
3: And I guess what we all got to do is go out where there's a lot of exposed bedrock, lay down and listen.
0: Hmm. Yeah, the Earth's an amazing resonator, yeah.
3: That' going to miss Charlie.
0: Charlie Plyler, man. Here's to him. All right, Kent? Yeah. Charlie Plyler, the man. He was amazing. Elfrad, E-L-F-R-A-D dot com. I don't know if the website's still up, how long it'll be up, but he was doing amazing stuff. And again, another one of these guys that was completely under the radar, no, no pun intended, but a genius and a, and a wizard. Now I guess he is an extra low frequency. Now he's a, now he's <laughs> himself. Now he was doing work with Shu too.
3: Yeah.
0: And, plasma uh, physics. Yeah, plasma physics stuff with Shu from uh, and of course Shu's and another you know interesting cat. So anyway, yeah,
3: their good buddy Shu is uh, Shu is uh, oh what was the name of that movie with John Travolta? Phenomenon. Oh,
0: Phenomenon, yeah, where he gets whacked by lightning. Hey, <laughs> that's
3: shoe. Yeah, that's basically shoe. He got whacked by lightning fishing in a lake 30 years ago. And now he's tuned in to something that most of us are not. And he seems to be able to receive and transmit both. He's a good friend of Charlie's, and Charlie's set him up with some researchers up in North Carolina.
0: Yeah, and he's doing work with uh, some of the university people in Georgia now and a whole bunch of other people.
3: So, come on, guys, all you wizards out there, we need to uh, we need to break the taboos. I think, of course, this is an old man talking. So, all you you uh, young whippersnappers out there, bless your hearts, just stick your fingers in your ears for a minute, because <laughs> uh, us old coots we're dangerous. And uh, I'd like to I'd like to finally, you know, here in the Western culture, uh, there are certain Taboo subjects. Well, that's never stopped uh, myself or Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Any and then the other research going It gets me going. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time to, uh, I think, uh, see if we can decode the Reaper. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, what do you make of it? You've been you you you're a guy who I would consider someone who's been able to take a peek on the other side?
3: Yeah, well, I have, but in, in uh, various experiences, out of body type of things. But you know, the problem with that, and what I saw was just a continuation in various dimensions. Two, at least that I saw. One that's very much like Earth, but a little more luminous and less bound by uh, law. In the fact that you can sort of use your mind to to move around through it. But it's still a lot like Earth. You can go on picnics. Hmm. Go fishing. You can fly. And, uh, then another dimension, which is just pure light, hard to describe. Your your brain can't interpret it too well, but it's uh, like going home and it's so intimate and so personal and so real that makes everything look less real. But the thing is, those were OBEs, you know, out of body experiences and Still puzzles you? Well, I didn't go all the way, did I? You know. So now is that different, or is it about the same? Do we constantly go in and out of of this world, and thus we're all the way anyway, (laughs) and pretending like we're here, Mm -hmm. casting a shadow on her? There's just so much to to smooth, and what we need are people that both have got a, a. uh, corner on the philosophy about this, but more, more interesting to me would be people that have taken, that have launched uh, away from this world and uh, have come back. I guess that's a lot like myself, but I think we ought to do it.
12: I'm not sure you ever came back.
3: <laughs> no, 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 I'm not here. Maybe I passed on and went to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Burning in hell in Seattle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The lake of fire.
3: (laughs) Well, this ain't bad if this is what you do.
0: No, that ain't bad at all. I've been there.
3: (laughs) But, you know, life itself is so changeable. It's a whole series of births and deaths. Strung along like a fishing line.
0: Yeah, you know, both of us, uh, interestingly, you know, you're about a generation ahead of me, but we both... Going through the whole birth, death thing. I've got a baby just around the corner here in a few weeks, and uh, you've got a young one who's been in your life now um, for the last year or so. And and I know it's bringing back a whole lot of things for you. I mean, because you're spending a lot of time with that little one, and you're you're being, uh, I mean, you're taking care of him a lot of the time. And I know that it's uh, it's been profound for you.
3: Yeah, I didn't have children until uh, my 40s, and then. Recently, they're both, they're all of them, they're off in the world, or two of them, I said both, two of them are off in college. They all live nearby, but still, it was the empty nest thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but no, <laughs> no, nope, 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 no empty nest. Now, we got little Quentin.
7: Yeah, and it
0: always, acc- it, you know, that's the way it seems to me, you know, the whole birth-death thing to me, I don't know, to me it death is really, it really is the same thing maybe, I don't know, that I think of my little son who's going to be born, and right now, you know, he's in this particular world, a water environment, and, uh, completely provided for, doesn't breathe air, gets oxygen from his mother, whether he's even aware of how it happens, I don't even know, you know, and, uh, you know, basically a zero-G environment, this whole thing, and then all of a sudden...
4: That's pretty
0: good. Yeah, and, and then, like it or not, all of a sudden... Well, it's interesting because it becomes a situation where it's really good up until toward the end where then it all of a sudden starts to get pretty uncomfortable, right? Pressure's building, and uh, the baby's getting bigger, and there's no longer that endless sea of amniotic fluid to float around in and enjoy yourself. Now it's getting sort of cramped, and you have to... Uh, uh, eventually there's only one solution, and that's out or it's over for both baby and mommy.
3: Yeah, well, you know, that's what I think going to the other side is probably a lot like is birth, you know, because you get too big for your britches. <laughs> it's like the cocoon theory. You bust out of the cocoon.
0: And it's, And it's possible, you know, that it happens on... Many different scales. I think about uh, you know this conversation that we're having with John Jenkins and the Maya and 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 uh, Terrence and Dennis and and uh, you know 2012 and all this business and what's going on on this planet you know really and I think that you know that's certainly one argument that can be made is that is that just as individuals go through births and deaths so do planets and stars and everything and perhaps what we're going through is a death and a birth of some sort at the same time. And, uh, you know, I zero try to say that I understand where it's going, but I certainly see it as a as a never-ending sort of cycle.
3: Yeah, you know how people are fond of saying nowadays, self-deprecating idea that man is screwing up the earth and killing it. You know, I've always kind of had a flip-flop thinking on that, and the fact that maybe the earth... Uh, Created this life form with two legs and two beady eyes in order to bring about the jump, bring about our own transformation. You know, sort of the little bots floating around the surface of the earth to help the earth go through its change.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if you take the idea of if you take the idea of the earth as sentient seriously, well, then you have to extrapolate that the earth. Brought forth humankind for a reason, and it's not just uh, you know it's not just a, a complete random situation that we find ourselves in. It's actually for a purpose. You know, uh, we we've uh, talked about Terence uh, in and out tonight. One of the things that he said a long time ago that absolutely struck me and really opened up my my uh, my view further than it was at the time was. Uh, he said well what if the earth knows that the sun is going to explode yeah right and so uh, with that knowledge the earth then calls forth a species that can uh, through intelligence devise a technological means to to take the gene swarm you know to take the genetic material of planet earth off planet to preserve the unique life forms that have evolved on this planet and to get them out into a place where they can never be destroyed. You know what I mean? To uh, to move us outside of the uh, the sphere of planet Earth. And so uh, whether that's a, a, a truism or not, it's certainly a metaphor for what could be happening. And we have no way of knowing what our real... you know, Maybe we were designed to stockpile plutonium. Who the hell knows?
3: Well, the big brain critters, you know, which includes more than one species. Certainly. The whale, the dolphin, the human, who knows what else. The jellyfish, even. <laughs> the squid.
0: Certainly, yeah, the giant and squid. And who knows,
3: maybe uh, the sum total of all the, the moss on the Earth is the same
9: well, thing. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I,
0: well, I talk about, uh, and Dennis talks about, and uh, you know, mycelial networks. Mm-hmm. The networks of mycelium that run throughout this planet. I mean, they're basically filled with neurotransmitters. (laughs) You know, that's the stuff of brains,
3: you know. Yeah, well, the big brain, at least in the human, you know, the brain is a receiver of things off-planet, I think. And not only that, probably a transmitter. And uh, in the human... I identify that. I give it the ID as human imagination, which oh. is, which leaps out of the box all the time, constantly, right. daily, nightly. You know, it's going beyond. beyond.
0: Right. Just close your
3: eyes. It, it's either like a big radio receiver picking up probabilities that are infinite, or it's a uh, transmitting too. It's a two-way deal. Mm-hmm. I agree. And good old Charlie, he knew that the Earth was that way, too. It was a receiver and a transmitter, mm. because he could... He could pick up receive signals from NEOs, things flying by the Earth, and then he could also uh pick up signals that sounded sounded like he was receiving what the Earth was transmitting. So big crystal set, and if the Earth has a crystal core, you can see why, you know, I used to have a little old crystal set with a cat whisker and a coil and you slide something up and down the coil to get different bandwidth. And then you move this crystal uh, this little Piece of wire up and around on this cat's whisker, and you hear voices from all around the world.
0: That's right. I mean, and and there's you know a legitimate scientific argument that perhaps the center of the earth, the core of the earth, is a crystal, and maybe not uh, molten iron. Or there are lots of different theories, I guess. So
3: yeah, one of them is that it's a cohesive iron crystal.
0: Mm-hmm. Who knows? Hey, uh, uh, Bardo, there's a there's a, there's a young fella on the on the web actually. It says. Uh, He says, tell Kent that I tell people that I die every night when I go to sleep and I'm reborn each morning. Well, heck,
3: that isn't bad. I like going to sleep. In fact, naps and going to sleep are one of my favorite activities. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because, you know, I suddenly get to experience uh, incredible things.
0: Right. The dream dream world is, is, is as real as any.
3: Well, you know how they say you have a past life review when you're ready to check out of this matrix? I've thought a lot about that. You know what's going to come plunging back big time are all the dreams I've had, and uh, which are hard to, when you get older, I don't know, your your skull gets thicker or something. And uh it's harder to remember. But, you know, thinking back of when I was an infant and a child, but what I remember, not the everyday experiences, but the, 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 tre- the dreams. I remember the dreams. Hmm. And that'd be cool, huh, to have all your dream world returned to you so you can see the whole thing. All the adventures you've had at night, sleeping, or in, I like naps because for some reason there's enough, enough stimulation during the daylight hours to take a nap and uh, the dream imagery is just incredible. You know what? Uh, but, but I've had some swarthy adventures out I, there buccaneering around dreamland.
0: I have a feeling that what's coming is that we're going to be living in the dream awake.
3: Yeah, what did the native Australians mean by dream time? That's always interested in me because they they really took that very, very seriously in the fact that they would uh, go into the dream time consciously as a very important episode. They go on the walkabout and so on and go into dream time, and that was a very conscious move. That's like us going to pay the our income tax or something. They go into dream time.
0: Hey, uh, Bartle. Yeah. Uh there's a, a guy on the phone here that wants to talk and ask you a question. Yeah. And he's uh he, he sent me a note from the from the chat room and now I see the phone ring, so I'm gonna bring him on here and say hello and welcome to Radio Orbit. Who's this?
12: Hey Mike, Bob Bolt hey Bob i uh I like this interactivity we got going here, yeah,
0: well, you're gonna like it a whole lot less when I tell you that I just lost Kent <laughs> <laughs> oh,
12: oh, oh, I'm sorry, probably because when I called in
0: well, it's my own fault because uh, I wasn't paying attention, so what I'll do well, is uh no, no, just, no
8: just hold on I'm, I'm just gonna yeah. put
0: a piece of music on, and I need to take a break anyway. I'll get him back on the phone and okay. uh, i'll and i'll uh, I'll have you together and we'll. Do it in just a minute here, okay? That's great. All right, uh, everybody, it's Mike, and you're listening to Radio Orbit, and it's KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. Here's a song by my friend Henrik Palmgren from Sweden, and the song is called Snow. It's been so hot lately here, I want to think about something wintertime. So this is Snow. It's from Henrik Palmgren. He goes by the name of Leek, L-E-E-Q, in his musical endeavors. Back in just a minute, it's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit. snow from Henrik Palmgren Leek from Sweden wonderful independent music and also the proprietor of an interesting website called red-ice.net check them out on the web and I think you can link there from Radio Orbit as well Uh, okay so it's Mike and it's about quarter until two in the morning on August 15th we've got another 15 minutes or so with Kent Stedman on the line with me and we have another listener uh, Bob who I had before the uh, break, but I've got everybody back. So uh, I'm, yeah, I'm still here. Okay, Bob, can't you, you there?
12: Yeah, howdy, Bob. Okay, Good, how you doing? <laughs> Good. You've been putting up some great stuff on the on the forum. Uh, you know, some of the arche- archaeological stuff. You know, in, in Iran and things like that. But one thing I didn't get a chance to to respond to before the site went down was your that really bizarre experience you had off in that granite uh, cave in, in the mountain where you had that. You know sort of mind blowing experience where you, your your mind was sort of like all your circuits were blown out or something oh were you the the teller that asked about the composition of the rock yeah, because uh this is an interesting thing, and I'd like to get your take on it um there's uh, there's been some possible explanations or trying to explain the idea of the u f o phenomenon the the uh the experience you know the uh uh close encounters experiences that some people have said uh, that extreme geologic pressure in in like in certain rock formations create like an electromagnetic thing that it can affect your mental state and actually give you a kind of an out-of-body experience or various uh, weird psychic states. I was just wondering whether maybe you might have gotten a heavy dose of that from some geologic activity that was happening at the time when you were camping out there. Could be, it's right on the fault line, I don't know. Uh, that's why I asked it was granite, because I think it happens like under you know, like granite obviously is the is the most solid rock and pressures built up in granite can generate incredible electromagnetic forces.
0: Right, and you know, yeah. uh you know uh we were talking about piezo piezoelectric forces earlier.
12: Mm-hmm.
0: And and these are things that build up in all kinds of different rock formations, can't? Yeah.
3: You know, if you go to my website and you and you Go down a little bit, uh, scroll down, you'll find the NEMO Mm,
0: section. It's called NEMO. Yeah, and let me give out the site, Kent, uh, for those of you out there, www.cyberspaceorbit.com. And NEMO is a section that we sort of uh, uh, style for alternative energy and this sort of thing.
3: Well, there's an old uh, researcher, Mm. an old boy, I think he's French or Basque or something. He's, Mm. He's currently building a UFO. Get this out of solid granite. <laughs> so you got to take that out because I yeah. forget it. his name. I don't is... know if I can take that for granted or not. <laughs>
10: <laughs> the name
3: has slipped me by, well, but hey, know, was, his, can his work has been around on even you know uh, some of the big ass international talk shows.
0: Yeah, it's called the I Granite. I wish I could remember. Time. Time. I, I'll, I'll find it and I'll put it up on the forum, Bob, because this is a serious guy. He he. he uh, He's a serious well, if you think about it like this if you have if you have uh, mastery of gravity, then you know there's no problem. you see what I'm right. saying, so yeah. you can make a spaceship out of granite why not
12: yeah it's uh, it's all uh, it's all matter here. right you make you yeah. make it out
0: of whatever you like right
12: yeah
0: so anyway hey um. Uh, look, you guys, we've got about 11 minutes left, and I've got a few things i got to take care of at the end of the program. That's do you, cool. Bob, do you have anything else you want to share with Kent?
12: No, no, I'll talk to you later.
3: Well, wow. I'll come back in the forum, and I'll put up a, a folder called Granite,
12: and I think we'll explore <laughs> this a little that bit. That would be great. I, I really appreciate your feedback on the forum, because it, it adds a lot of lot of stuff to it. So <laughs> I, I love you reading okay, your stuff. Okay, look for
3: something that says Granite. <laughs> All right. You know, I went to Granite District School System.
0: <laughs> there you
4: go. <laughs> all
3: right. Take care. All right. Thanks, okay. bye-bye. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, Bardo, uh, uh, deja vu. i got to fly, all right? Okay. Thank you for everything. Okay. All right. Uh, everybody, Kent Stedman, www.cyberspaceorbit.com. And you can also find him peeking around over at my website at mikehagan.com uh, over on the forum over there, okay? All right, so uh, just a few minutes left, and I want to thank everybody who participated in the show tonight. Kent, of course, Jay Widener, John Major Jenkins, Michael and Star, uh, Dennis, uh, and uh, Dr. Paul, and everybody else uh, who was here in the studio with me live, uh, and, of course, everybody on the web there listening. So it's been a lot of fun, and thank you. We'll continue to do it as long as we can pull it off. And... Let's see. Next week, we'll have either an open line show, and there's a lot in the news that needs to be talked about, and I'd appreciate the listeners out there. If you are web savvy and you've been enjoying our website, uh, we've got things back under control. We had a major uh, hacking incident and experience over the last couple weeks, uh, both last Saturday and then the week before, Um, but we're slowly but surely figuring out how to handle it I guess it 's just a you know just a, uh, the cost of doing business sort of, and you just have to learn how to deal with it and how to be able to respond and react and and get things backed up correctly and all this sort of thing but anyway we 're learning and uh, well what i what I, what I want to say about the news and this is that on the forum i 'd appreciate it if people join up and go register on the forum because this is a great archive for information, just like Bob is talking about, and Kent posts stuff over there. I post all kinds of things there. And if you post interesting stories and uh, ideas or whatever, thoughts, you can have them there for people to discuss with you and to debate with you or to commiserate with you or just to laugh, whatever. It's a great way to share information and to expand your own worldview. So I encourage people to do that. The website is great. I love Larry. Larry and uh, P.O., who's been helping out so much lately, uh, for everything that they do, and we have uh, the guys over at Cosmic Waves Radio that are making it possible for us to broadcast over the internet to anybody who's listening anywhere on the planet, and so it's great stuff, and I appreciate all the help that comes from all these different people, and the website is really cool and everything, but, in my opinion, where are The meat of it is the forum. That's where things really get going, and that's where you can create community, and you can share ideas and learn uh, and teach all at the same time. So I encourage people to jump on the web and go over to MikeHagan.com and click over to the forum. And it's real simple to register. You just need a valid email address, and then you can choose a username and a password, and then you can just become part of it, jump in, or you can just lurk around and read the things that other people have to say and to post, but it's really interesting, and there's a lot of really cool people that are starting to participate, so to all of you out there who are doing that, thank you. Share it with your friends, and let's get more people involved in this, because what is happening right now, if you haven't noticed yet, is we are building a community, and some of it is local, right here, physical, you know, people that we can put our hands on, uh, but also uh, this network over the web and it's a big deal and it's important and for whatever reason i feel it really strongly my intuition is that it's important so i encourage all of you who feel the same to participate and understand that i love you and you're a part of this whole thing and i'm so pleased that uh, we're able to you know experience the whole thing together it's amazing what's happening all you got to be doing is paying attention so all right it's mike and uh, you've been listening to radio orbit KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. On the web, KOPN.org. And let's see, we'll play uh, play another song here before we go. This is a band that's called Cross-Eyed. And I was introduced uh, to them by my friend Michael Pacheco. Again, the uh, man behind Mantwin Bard. And I'm not sure if this band uh, is still around or in some other incarnation But it's good music, and the song is called Closer to the End. And that's about what we are. Closer to the end of the program. We'll be back next week with, I'm not sure, maybe an open lines program, unless we get Kevin and Matthew Taylor, the authors of Land of No Horizon. And that'll be an interesting program. We'll be talking, whenever we have them on the air, about the hollow earth theories. And I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, it's no more crazy than anything else that's going on. So uh, that'll be coming up either next week or sometime in the next few weeks. And either way, I'll be here. And I hope you guys are back with me, okay? All right, it's Mike. It's Radio Orbit. One more time on the web, M I K E H A G A N dot com. Hey, you know what? There's something else I'm going to add right at the end here. My friend Casey gave me this wonderful book. And uh, it's by a man who's called uh, Chinua Achibe. And he's a, a philosopher and a wonderful writer of African descent. But in this book, it's called Hopes and Impediments there's one particular section of it where he recites a speech and it's called Language and the Destiny of Man. And I'm going to read you the last sentence in this amazing piece. Beware of interfering with the purpose of language. For when language is seriously interfered with, when it is disjoined from truth, be it from mere incompetence or worse, from malice, horrors can descend again on mankind all right so the lesson there is watch what you say pay attention to your words the world is made of language the world is made of language what is it in the alice in wonderland the march hare i think she says say what you mean and mean what you say i do <laughs>